Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Black to the Figured Out Podcast, episode 21. We still haven't figured it out. No. Um, Yeah, uh, episode 21. We got a special guest tonight. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, you can call me Jonah. Uh, my thing's Basic Shock, and I'm at your mom's house streaming right now. Hey, yo! Mom's house. Who's your mother's? mom's house? By uh, name, whose mother's house are you at? Uh, we cannot disclose private information, but she does have a ball gag in right now. Live ball gag. Live, live ball, ball gag. gag That's good. I mentally ball gagged her. That mentally and physically, or just mentally? Both. She's, Both. yeah, she's wrapped <laughs> around my ball gag currently. So, basic shock. You are the most submissive guest in the history of the show we've had on so far. So, how Back. can you talk about your uh, submissiveness and how it's helped you? Um. So basically, like, I just figured out if uh, you get on your knees, you can get anything done. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Blue Mountain State. I learned it from there. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but great show. Um, but as Sammy once said, the mascot, mascot once said, um, that like, if you're ever fighting someone bigger than you, you just pull down your pants and then tell him you'd suck his dick. And uh, if, uh, if, if he actually ever like is gay and is like, yo, you should, you should do that. He, he said, damn, well, I, I guess I'd have to just do it at that point. And that's where... That's where I'm at in life, you know? That makes you sense. Tr- you get as far as you can go, and if you have to suck one every once in a while, that's where you end up. Yeah, I've been told, actually, that with a good set of knee pads and correct posture, you get pretty <laughs> far in life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I know. Hey, look um, how far the Steelers have gotten with that, <laughs> that motto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts for uh, quarterback? Who do you want to be quarterback? Holy shit. I, I couldn't – I couldn't care if it was a piece of shit rolling down the wind or uh, <laughs> I fucking I fish out some leftover fucking eggs from my gutter drain. Both of them would play better than our quarterbacks right now. I do not see fucking uh, I mean, Mitch Trubisky was a horrible start to begin with. When we first were in that situation, I thought like Gardner Minshew would win us games 100 percent. He'd oh, be yeah. the best overall, like, he was the best overall backup. He started in one games for the Philadelphia Eagles when he was there. And we decided to go with Mitch Trubisky, who had one good season with the Bears. Barely, like, got enough done. Um, yeah. I mean, Trubisky did have those two playoff appearances with Chicago. But, yeah. No, he, only, he only had one, didn't he? No, he had that one in 2020 as well. That's when him and Foles split time, but, like, Trubisky kind of brought him back into the playoffs. They lost to the Saints that year. Oh, okay. But, I, uh, I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I was about to say, I just don't remember that. Like, I, I all I remember him was from that one season where Cody Parkey banks it off the, the upright. I think we all know about that one. Yeah, double, the double doink. doink. And ever since then, he just was kind of mediocre, below average. Yeah, I've wanted him to work out because, you know, he's a local, you know, he went to UNC, wanted him to do good. But, I mean, he's just a complete dumpster fire for the Steelers this year. Just watching him in that uh, New England game. Um, yeah, I thought Mason Rudolph actually played, performed pretty well. It definitely got the most out of the offense with him in there. Kenny Kitt, Minton's picket. I don't know about him. Like, he wins games, but you don't get very much production out of him. And he's not consistent. Me. 
I could play better with oven mittens on my fucking hands, like <laughs> duct tape down, than he could. I I just I'm not impressed by anything that I've seen. And I, I get it. Like, the players are trying to stick up for him, like, over the offseason. They're like, yeah, he's been hitting routes. And he was doing great. And I was like, this preseason, like, holy shit, he might he might have something. But he came into the actual season and shit himself. Like, even without um, fucking Canada, bitch ass. Um, the only thing that Canadians have ever done right, like, pussy out. Um, and, fuck Canada. Yeah, yeah fuck Canada. They're in a ball gag constantly. Um, Chase Claypool's Canadian. I don't like him. I want him to get deported back to Canada. That's why we traded him. What do you mean? Yeah, is he even <laughs> hasn't played anymore? good. No, he is. He played for um. Who did we trade him to? I don't even... He, he yeah. was with Chicago, and then they canned his ass. He might be the I, Eagles. No, I think he's still oh. he's still with Chicago actually, because yeah, I haven't I'm seen anything of him being cut or dropped since. Um, somebody just... was gonna make him a tight end. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, he's with the Dolphins. He is? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Bears, like, cut his ass. Damn. I mean, go figure. And the Dolphins, they don't need it, but, like, damn, I, I don't know what they'd do with him. He caught, let's see, it looks like he caught... Four balls. Four, shit. Yeah, four passes. Oh, look at that. What a guess. <laughs> um... Do you think you could play better than Kenny Kitt Mittens Pickett with oven mitts and a ball gag and at the same time? Absolutely. You could have me blindfolded, um, mouth open, knees on the ground being railed by Miles Garrett, and I'd still throw a better pass than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Out of all people, yeah. why Miles yeah. Garrett? Yeah. I mean, he won Defensive Player of the Year, right? We got we to gotta go with the best, right? <laughs> I'm, Miles I'm Garrett getting... is a dog. If I'm getting ball gagged. Speaking of that, dude, that those. What did you think of the award ceremony? I didn't watch it. I saw uh, Joe Flacco won Comeback Player of the Year. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. he won it over that was cool. Demar nice. Hamlin. Demar. Didn't you see? Uh, so it was Offensive Rookie of the Year was um, uh, C.J. Stroud. Um, okay, deserved. Good. Well deserved. Uh, over uh, Puka Nakua, uh, yeah, I definitely think it was deserved. MVP, of course, Lamar Jackson. Offensive Player of the Year was Chris McCaffrey. Um, I, who else was it? Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett. Um, who are you? Who are you missing for some of them? Because I know two uh, Steelers players won the other. They won um some other award. Did CD Lamb win anything? No, CD Lamb didn't win anything. Oh, what a shame. Um. Yeah, I mean, my offensive player of the year, McCaffrey won that, right? You said, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, McCaffrey deserved that, I think. Yeah, he was definitely in there. I thought really more MVP. I didn't think like Lamar had a good season, but like his numbers weren't like really MVP level. He kind of, he's inconsistent. Like he had, like, I saw a stat today, like, he had like the ninth or 12th most touchdown passes and then like uh, ninth most passing yards. And like, you know, he had a lot of rushing yards, but it was just like, yeah, you know, Dak obviously put up good numbers now. Playoffs, it's a different story. Um, but probably some of my picks probably have been uh and I mean it's pretty close, but I mean I think you could throw Brock Purdy in the mix. But I mean they did have he did have that stinker against Baltimore. So I guess it's kind of hard to justify that. Because I don't I think MVP is really more like regular season than playoffs. Yeah, definitely is. Um who's Tyreek Hill, he, he had a really good season. He did. 
I, I don't think you there. can give it over McCaffrey though. Setting the record or well tying the record for like the most touchdowns, consecutive touchdowns. He also led the league in rush yards and it was like yards per carry. Um I just think it's well deserved there. Well, I was talking about for MVP. Oh, for MVP, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I definitely think Lamar's performance was better. You you can't it's like you said, it's definitely a regular season award. And just overall carrying that kind of team to where they did. Uh, that's what I was saying. I thought Tyree Kill had a very good regular season. Um, I'm trying to think of some other players that could be in the mix. I mean, it'd be hard to put Jared Goff up there. Like, he had a good season, but Ooh, then he was kind of yeah. taking into account uh, his, uh, like, postseason success. I mean, Lamar, it's just like, I felt like Prescott had, like, better numbers. And, like, you know, they were, I think they were similar records. Um you would say but, that Cowboys fan. I know, but Dak really did. I mean, 36 <laughs> touchdown passes to nine interceptions, four to one ratio, good passing numbers. Um, but if we're going to take into that that account, Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes with the, Josh Allen led the league in uh, rushes for quarterbacks and passing touchdowns. I think pass yards too. He didn't uh, have passing touchdowns. I think like uh, he had 18 he, interceptions. Yeah, of course. That's always the big thing when it comes to Josh Allen. Just those. No, but he's, he's a dog. Sounds like he's Prescott. Baller. He's a baller, though. <laughs> no, Prescott just chokes in the playoffs. How about that? Yeah, Prescott's a ball gagger. <laughs> he is a ball. He's ball gagged, and he's a ball gagger. Yeah, I mean, I guess like yeah, if we really break it down like that, then yeah, I guess Lamar is. I just it's one of the weaker MVP uh, candidates. Yeah, like that we've had in recent memory. I see. I want to agree with you there, but at the same time, if you saw his numbers, they were just slightly worse than his other MVP season. He still threw for like quite a few. It was like three thousand, four thousand pass yards. Um, he had thirty-six touchdowns passing that year. Yeah, it is apparently his numbers were just slightly worse than that. But also the team that he was leading, that Ravens. Let's be honest, their offense is always kind of meh. Um, they, they did, yeah. they drafted some great, but their running backs just, they have a condition oh. to blow out their knee. It must be ris- written in their contract to just blow out their <laughs> knee every, every few months. Practicing too hard or something. I don't oh, know. yeah. They, um, they, they were on yeah. the knees too much for you, Greg. For me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was, that game was just like Baltimore had so many chances to get back in that conference. Oh, absolutely. Um, some other players though, for consideration for comeback player of the year, I thought Baker had a very good season. Baker, Baker was did choice. great. Yeah. yeah. He was really good. Mike Evans had a really good year. Not necessarily like comeback player of the year, but just talking about guys that had good years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stafford, like he really brought his team back from being dead in the water out of the playoff race to getting in there. Honestly, Jordan Love had a really good season. The other MVP candidate I was going to say, uh, was CJ Stroud. I thought he had an amazing season. But I guess oh, offensive yeah. player of the year, like that's pretty good too. I think that's well deserved or offensive rookie of the year. Um, yeah, CJ Stroud, I did not think he was going to work out being an Ohio State product, but he has just been a baller. So, I mean, now he's got expectations. We'll see how he does. But uh, from what I've seen, I think he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they kind of do with there. Um, I know, see, I think CJ Stroud, it's a little too early for MVP. I think like for a rookie to come in and light that up, it's 
very, very rocky. Because even Jordan Love had like his struggles with Green Bay kind of adjusting to the NFL. He still made do, but that was his, what, second year uh, taking He's- over like officially. I th- this was his first year, like starting because Rodgers oh, right. was there last year. But it's like mm-hmm. his fourth year in the league, I think. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I think the transition is a little too much because even C.J. Stroud kind of rocked was rocky for those first. Let's be honest, we weren't talking about him for the first no. four or five weeks of the season until well, like, he started lighting it up in like the end game to try to pull his team over the line. But he was doing really good. Like his first, like I looked and like he was like, oh, he's got six touchdowns and no interceptions through four games. And they were like two and two, three and two at that point. I'm like, man, he's putting together a pretty good rookie season so far. And then he had like those five passing touchdowns and a perfect passer rating against Tampa Bay. And they won that game. Well, I noticed on our fantasy league, uh, several of the ones I was in, Stroud was on waivers for like the first four or five weeks. No one took him, and then he started popping off, and he, you know, went like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, yeah. Houston was supposed to be like a four or five win team, and you know they got there and won mm-hmm. ten games. He did a great job. I mean, yeah. truly, he, he was fantastic. Speaking of that, I was kind of upset to see the coach of the year went to Kevin St- Stefanski, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, like they did have a lot of adversity uh, going. Uh, what with uh four different quarterbacks the other guys i guess you could say i mean mike tomlin did a good job keeping his team there in the playoffs uh keep getting them to the playoffs i mean who do you think would have been a good choice jonah oh absolutely the texans i think at the end of the day like if you look at a team and you're like they're in their rebuild year and somehow managed to win a playoff game against like a team that you would never you know expect them to beat I just I, – I can't – I can't, like – you can't doubt them. I, I think the Cleveland Browns definitely went through some adversity, but coming into the season, they had a number one defense just about ranked. Um, their offense, they were hoping for a little bit more from Deshaun Watson, but at the end of the day, like, when you have Nick Chubb back there, you have a solid O-line. You have a decent receiver core in Amari Cooper and uh, David, David Njoku. I just – Let's be honest, when you're coming into that season with as uh, the Texans, they're like, all right, this is a rebuild, rebuild year. We've got Nico Collins, um, the other wide receiver who tore his ACL. They have the the retired um, – oh, who was it from the Cowboys? Tight end. Um, oh, um, Schultz? Yeah, I think it was Schultz. Yeah, I think it was Schultz. Like, you're just – you don't expect much, you know, and somehow they, they managed to, to pull out those, those wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I would have given it to, uh, to them all the way. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, the, uh, man, it's just so hard. So many teams had great years. It feels like it's kind of hard to pick. I think the big thing with that is unexpected teams to kind of pull through. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of like the Steelers. They're always going to like pull out some sort of wins. Uh, <laughs> Here, just real quick, we're gonna give a quick update on the cats. Cat break. Yeah, cat break. Just wait break. for this. Yeah, roost and uh, honey, they're doing good. They're getting bigger. They discovered the dog food in the pantry and we're eating out of it just now. It's a lot of protein. Oh, no. it's yeah, good it's protein. Good, good stuff for them. That's good protein. Yeah, 
Just start injecting steroids into them and see how big they can get. They They're going to be killer cats. They Have you ever heard of tests? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. I got a little D-ball. <laughs> Let's just start <laughs> yeah. D-ball, basic stuff. <laughs> yeah, just Anavar. <laughs> we'll do... uh, 500 milligram SARMs. Got some growth. I mean, what, do you, what do you need? We got it. Um, but yeah, I think D'Amico Ryan's definitely should have won Coach of the Year, especially since they beat Stefanski. I mean, just kind of a joke. I thought another good candidate would be that Shane Steichen for the Colts. He, yeah. you know, they went nine and eight. Um, but I think yeah, D'Amico Ryan's definitely should have got it. Um, it yeah, Stefanski. Like I, I think that guy's just kind of a tool. Like yeah, he did a good job getting uh Flacco. You know, Flacco lit it up there, but it's like. The dude can't even use like Deshaun Watson, like in like he had like one good game this year, and like he just it, he thinks he's smarter than everybody, and like he makes it way more complex than it needs to be, and it, it just I I don't like the guy. I think Cleveland could do a lot better. I don't I don't like how they did Baker Mayfield too a few years ago. That pissed me off. Uh, yeah, they they definitely pulled the rug out from under him. I I think Baker was kind of. Hit or miss, but like it, when you see that he's in a good organization and they actually care about him, you can see what he's been doing. Well, he's had like a different offensive coordinator for like every year of his career, too. And just ah, to go true. through that adversity and like, you know, produce like he did this year really shows you the player like he is that, you know, he's he's that guy that's got a chip on his shoulder and. You know, the mental stuff doesn't like that year that last year he was in Cleveland. He was playing hurt like the whole year because it was a contract year for him. And so that really kind of fucked him in the end there. Um, but I was like, man, the guy literally just won you a playoff game the year before the first time since 94, I think, or 93. And then they just canned him. You know, Cleveland's like, oh, we're, we're too good for him and stuff. I'm like, no, like he just brought you out from the dumps and made you guys relevant for the first time in decades. And you guys just fucking canned him. And then the whole Deshaun Watson thing, like, you know, he wasn't ever convicted, like, guilty in a court of law. And so he sat out a year. And then he, like, because I don't, I don't know. I don't know, you know, what happened. It seems like he was doing some shady shit with all. And it seems like the Texans had a big hand in that, too, of instigating the stuff. But then it pissed me. What pissed me off the most was they suspended Deshaun for, I think, 11 games. And then the 12th game, they played Houston. So it was like building up. It was just basically a money move for the NFL. So that really pissed me off. Scripted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't wish like negativity really towards people generally. But like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of uh, like karma, like the things that have happened with Sean Watson, how it's like worked out. Yeah. So far. You know, what comes around goes around. For me, I, I definitely see what you're saying there. I just... I, I just want to know what happened. Like, at the end of the day, like, he was still a solid quarterback. Look, at, outside of football is outside of football. Um, but in terms of the game, you come back, you were, like, one of the, the stars for the Cleveland Browns. Um, or not the Cleveland Browns. You were one of the stars for Houston Texans. You were lighting it up. And then you come back to to play, like, garbage. I, I just... You know, you'd think, like, you're studying film, trying to, like, stay active. But... I don't know. It's it's a very weird situation. Yeah, it didn't even seem like he's very like involved too when he went when he got hurt, or like he doesn't want to be there. 
that, they got yeah, like a quarter of a place. billion dollars invested in that guy. They have a two hundred thirty million dollar contract. And for how many years? Like, and to think, like, for what? Yeah. Dude, what's going to happen to Russell Wilson? Oh, I, I just the Russell Wilson's such a hit or miss for me. I really need to like go back and look at tapes, like actual tapes, um, because a lot of the the stuff that I've seen is it's not him playing poorly. I he makes some mistakes, but at the end of the day, it just looks like he's got no support. Just no one cares. It's kind of like it's it's just up in the air. Um, I mean, I've, we've we've seen the oh, what coaches Sean Payton come over and like yell at him on the sideline for for interceptions. That's kind of like, is it just an arm punt or is it like you know you're you're going for for the for the distance? Yeah, because you saw him this year. He put up 26 touchdowns, to eight interceptions. You know, put up so, pretty solid numbers. Uh, so the guy can obviously still play at a fairly high level. Maybe he's not going to be like prime Russell Wilson like he was years back in Seattle. And he never quite was an MVP candidate, but he'd go on hot stretches. But it's just like, you know, they had, you know, 200 plus million dollars invested in him. It's like, who's going to pick up his contract now? Yeah, I think, you know, it's very hard to find a good quarter, even though it's like never easier to, you know, we have so many good quarterbacks in the league now. It's still hard to find a franchise guy. I mean, you see teams go through it every year going through quarterbacks over and over again. So I don't know what Denver's going to do or what their plan is, but yeah, you know, it seems like Sean Payton, like he's got total control over there. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to him and Russell Wilson. I I completely agree with you. I think, uh, let's be honest, we look at the Taylor Swift team um, and what their quarterback has been doing just uh, with the receiving core that they have, like it, a star quarterback has definitely shifted the game because I think you can no longer have a defensive presence. Let's be honest. When's the last time we've seen a defensive um, Heisman winner? When's the last time we've seen a defensive, you know, like player make leagues or make rounds in college? When's the last time we've even seen a defensive player make that much of an impact for the NFL? Even with uh, your your cow gaze, um, cow gaze, the the bland, Steelers. The, <laughs> well, we've seen Bland and um, oh, uh, player last year. Gosh, we made fun of him. Slipped my mind. The picks interceptions. Trayvon Diggs. Or, Trayvon Diggs. Oh, Diggs. With the amount of interceptions that he's had, and like the fact that they're like, oh, look at the impact he's making. For what? At the end of the day, like you can say as much as you want for the Cowboys, but it's not. It's not an end-all, be-all. But when you have a a quarterback on the Taylor Swifts that can drive a team down in less than two minutes to score a touchdown to like bring the game to that that critical moment, you just it, it doesn't matter if you have a, a shit stain and um, a little bit of piss trickling down your leg at the end of a at the end of a dump. It's that's all you need apparently to win a game. Yeah, no, it's the, you're you know you are right. It's about making the plays uh, when that matters in the game. So that's what made Brady so great. That's why Mahomes is so great. Uh, guys, you know, looking back at guys like Montana or Bradshaw, or all those guys, you know, that spent some of Josh Allen's deal. You know, he didn't make the plays in this play this past playoff game that he needed to when it mattered most. Um, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to those two minute drives at the end of the games when you need a field goal to you know win the game or get a touchdown. The take the lead and all that. Um, 
yeah, some guys have it, some guys don't. Yeah, I like Dak. He's been great, but he's obviously you know, in these winter home, winter go home situations. He's like two and seven in his career, so it's like, yeah, you can't have that. It's unacceptable. Would you call Dak a game manager? A game manager? Uh, well, I would like him to be a game manager because I mean, you look at Mahomes. Like, yeah, he makes good plays, but like, really, this whole playoff run—that's kind of what he's been. He's been a game manager. You know, just protecting the football and getting, you know, a few touchdowns on the board, getting a lead and, you know, protecting the football. You got to think they didn't, the Chiefs didn't do anything in the second half against Baltimore, but they didn't make any mistakes that got them beat. True. That, that's the thing against Green Bay. Um, you know, obviously the defense should have showed up for Dallas, but it's like we didn't, when, when it was early on in the game, when we were just down seven nothing, we didn't need Dak to do anything amazing. It's just run the offense at a high level and be a point guard, get it to our playmakers. And he was just missing throws that he should make and not going through his progressions. That's what you need at quarterback. That's why, you know, there's that term system quarterback. And, you know, people, you know, say, oh, Brock Purdy's a product of the system. But the guy, you know, he's another guy. He makes plays when it matters and he gets the ball to his other skill players. And he's just a point guard. But that's what you need. That, yeah. That's what the quarterback is. They're there to get the ball to other, you know, skill positions that will make plays. I, I can completely see that. And that's where I'd actually put the bills. I I think Josh Allen is the type of quarterback to make those plays. Like, I, I wouldn't consider him a game manager. I think he can put a game into his own. Like, he, he can elevate it to the next level. He can decide the pace. Um, I, think, I think for Dak, that's not really something that he does very well. Um, deciding the pace of games. Um, I, I just think it comes down to coaching for like the, the Buffalo Bills. For you guys, again, I'll have to like really look into the tapes, but for I know for the Buffalo Bills, I look, you when you have a game plan and you're running like uh, running against the Chiefs, I don't know if you saw that in the first half, they were killing them like 189 yards on the ground or something. And then they decide like, oh, we got to get into a shootout. Like we got to take it into, no, with that weather, with that, those conditions, you have a receiver, Stefan Diggs, cough, cough, like who's choking the big plays that you need. You're supposed to, you're, you're supposed to star receiver. It's just not good. And I, I compare that over to the, um, the Dallas Cowboys and it's a similar thing. I, I think I can see the comparisons in the offense and defense. You got a, a decent running back, um, Tony Pollard kind of stepping up in the ro role after Zeke. Um, you have an absolutely star studded receiver, Definitely CD's been outperforming Stefan Diggs, but they're creating the separation and the, the, or like the offense that they need, but just Dak needs to, to just do a little bit more. He needs to take the game into his hands rather than kind of playing the game as it's in front of him. Yeah. And for the whole year, like there are some games, like he did do what he needed to do against like Miami. They went down and tied the game up like they needed to. And then the defense let us down and gave up the field goal at the end. Uh, Detroit, same thing. Like Dallas, you know, Dak led a scoring drive and then uh, Detroit went down. Now we ended up winning that game, but I kind of count that as like an asterisk because I think Detroit mm -hmm. probably should have won that game. Yeah, it really comes down to like I was saying earlier is that you need a guy who makes those critical plays against good teams. Um, and Dak just hasn't, when we get in these games in the regular season and in the postseason uh, too, it's just like he doesn't make the plays that needed to be 
made when it matters most. And it's just, it, I think it's more of just a mental block. I mean, some guys have it, some guys don't, and that's what it is. You know, it's a mental ball gag is what it is. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah. it's a mental ball gag. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right about that. I think for Josh Allen, we make fun of him a lot of times for like the interceptions. But at the end of the day, when he's like forcing a one-on-one deep ball, you're kind of like, I, I can see where he was was going with that. Like, it's not, it's it's not a make or break usually. That's how the Bills have kind of been getting away from him. A lot of those interceptions, it's kind of like, look, it's it's dumb or you're forcing it, but it's not a make or break situation. When he's coming down to those clutch times, you can see that he's kind of like, oh, I need to either you know, take what's there or tuck it and do what I can do. Yeah, the um, interceptions are just kind of part of his game. Like, he's not afraid to take chances, which I like about that. He's not afraid to lose the game. You know, Dak, I think, is afraid to lose. Yeah. You can't be afraid to lose. You got to – if it goes down and, like, it doesn't work out and you throw four interceptions, but, you know, you're trying to make the plays that need to be made, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But, There's yeah, you can't – left, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be scared to lose, and that's what I think it is. Like Brennan pointed out that like Dak looked nervous in pregame for the playoff game. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's I, all I mental, man. Did you see uh, the Jets owner threw a shot at Zach Wilson saying we didn't have a backup quarterback this year? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh what? I didn't, you didn't see, see that. that? No, no. I, I definitely check it out. That's Dang. if I'm Zach Wilson. I'm I'm like I'm going back and like strapping my fucking boots on like you're getting I okay you got your publicity for like your one social status of like wow you're banging moms like congratulations <laughs> dude you know like but at the end of the day you're still a football player like there there are people who like that kind of like aspect of them just oh this dude gets with moms he gets with cougars yeah but when you go out on the field and suck Dude, I, I hope, like, my mom's sitting up there like, fuck, this guy's a loser. I'm not sleeping with him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And that that should honestly be your motivation. Strap on your boots, man. I, I can see somewhat of the talent. We've seen, like, glimpses of greatness when he, when he did have to step up into that role for the Jets. He had, like, one or two games where I'm like, holy shit, he's leading this team. You know, like, they're down. They're down. There's two minutes to go. They'll, he'll pull out some, like, Good throws. Yeah, that one against the, the Giants. Thing. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. One of the Giants, the very first game with the the Buffalo Bills, he's like, wow, he was actually playing like a quarterback. And then I, I think um Aaron Rodgers definitely had to do like with a little bit of that, but dude, you gotta you gotta be consistent, man. You're just I, I don't know. There's gotta be more things going on there because when you see glimpses of that greatness and you're you're getting coached not only by such a like um a high-end like quarterback but you're getting coached by a, a great coach i really think the jets coach has been um what's his name sala yeah sala he's been he's been doing a great job with it this turnaround for the jets team is supposed to be great with aaron Rodgers. i really think it would have been really good but yeah you're just when you're thrown into that position you have such a great coaching staff and you just show only greatness like so glimpses. yeah so here's the thing like i think zach wilson like yeah like he definitely deserves blame and but like you know we said there's definitely talent there there's something there there's throws that he makes and like when he scrambles out throws on the run 
it's like, man, this guy can really play. And then there's sometimes like, oh, man, like, why do you throw it there? I think a lot of the blame, though, and I think Salah's obviously he's good with being a defensive coach. Um, but there's too many there's too many drive killing penalties that you can't put the blame on Wilson there of like holding and just dumb penalties that they would get. And I think a lot of the blame really should be focused on Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Because if you look at the common denominator between the Broncos the year before and them having a historically bad offense with Nathaniel Hackett, and then this year with the Jets, I mean, they were awful on offense. And it didn't matter who was in a quarterback. You know, obviously Rodgers was only in there for four plays. But Wilson, they weren't very good. And then they went to Tim Boyle. He didn't do anything. And then Trevor Simeon, who's been a pretty competent backup on yeah. a lot of different teams, has put up solid numbers. He couldn't even get anything going. So it's like, dude, what the hell is going on there where you can't even get, you know, a touchdown for multiple games in a row? And so I think Nathaniel Hackett should really – his head should be on the chopping block, should be on the guillotine. Uh, you know, I think Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's kind of a fraud. Yeah, he probably does work very well, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers. But I think it's an Adam Gase, Peyton Manning situation where this guy, you know, outside of this Hall of Fame-level quarterback, he's not doing anything anywhere else. I think if it really came down to that, though, I think Aaron Rodgers would say something. At the end of the day, you still have a your star quarterback's out there on the sidelines i'm sure if he's on the he's on the, the the headset and they're like hey we're gonna we're gonna run zx trips like flood and he's rolling out like misses the pass i i just i think like i i think rogers has a certain say in that like you were talking about with that that whole paint manning level like coaching he had so much say on that team i was watching the the, the pat mcafee show and he was talking about like um when uh, the story of the the rookie wide receiver that he had, like tried to uh, one hand, like this was when he was on the Colts, tried to one hand the ball and Peyton Manning just put up his finger and pointed. He was just like, nope, off to the sideline. And like the the offensive coordinator came over. He's like, yeah, you got to go back in. We got it. We're running another pass play. He goes back out there. Peyton Manning points back on to the sideline, yeah. tells him to go off. Let's be honest. At the end of the day, there is. I mean, I'm not saying that he's uh, Zach Wilson is that level where he can call that things. But if Aaron Rodgers is like, he, he's got to know this, like Zach Wilson to a certain level of quarterbacks. And he's like, hey, he's not making this throw. He's not making this read. Like we need to to switch it up. I, I don't think it's, it's not just the offense coordinator at that point. It's both. Well, it is both. But what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, the offense has got to go out there and execute, but you have to get it. Like, you have a good running back in Brees Hall. But there's so many times just watching them, because they're on a lot of games on TV this year, where it's third and 14, third and 10, you know, third and, you know, a long, a, a long distance. You have to game plan your offense to where you're not going to be in those third down situations. So they were historically bad on third down, too. Third down is, like, one of the most important things. It's yeah. third down conversions in the game, so I'm like, you guys obviously need to be doing more third down drills, getting less penalties. But that's where I put a lot of this blame on Nathaniel Hackett. Cause I'm just saying, I see a common link of him shitting the bed in Denver and then him shitting the bed also. Cause it didn't matter. Cause that's what I'm saying. You had three different quarterbacks go in there and it was the same result every time. They had like one decent game against Washington where they put up like 30 points. Yeah. But even then, they still got some like uh, defensive touchdown stuff. It was just like, Man, like this offensive scheme, 
it's just like dumb plays too. Like uh, they would get it and it'd be a second and short and, you know, it's a outside zone or it's, it's kind of a risky run player, like a reverse or something. They lose a bunch of yards. It's like, you know, really, you know, you gotta, you have to, you gotta understand Zach Wilson may not, is not at that level. He's not Aaron Rodgers, So you have to take pressure off of him. And I felt like they just put way too much. They expected way too much out of anybody they put in there. And that's where I blame a lot on Nathaniel Hackett, the coaching staff. Okay, I can kind of see that then. That's fair. I yeah. I definitely think when your defense is putting you in that like good of position, like let's be honest, a lot of the field position they've had wasn't the the worst in their league. Their team was forming like quite a few turnovers. Yeah, um, special teams too was putting them in good positions. Yeah, I just I think that they just need they just need to sign Metzger at this point. Three yards every play, you know, like downhill running, and you you get it, you you'll score a touchdown eventually. No, seriously though, you have a good running back. Like they have good backs. Like you know, did they the end up signing? Board. Did they sign Dalvin Cook too? They did, and he, did, he never did anything. Right. So Baltimore I, got him. I don't know. That was such an interesting thing. I definitely think Dalvin Cook was a good addition. If they had Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, you take off the load from Zach Wilson. But they just they never utilized, I guess, really anyone anyone too well that's the other thing that i think you know that's what i think they did really poorly is utilizing the weapons that they have and that can go back to that nathaniel hackett when you have such a diverse like i i'm gonna say this as a a bitchy tyler conklin uh fantasy owner dude he was a great freaking tight end and never threw the ball to him how he was a solid blocker and then releasing for routes on play action he was open he was open. I would be sitting there screaming my head off for five points on fantasy football because he's butt fuck naked in the end zone and just missed him. Um, yeah. Not only that, but then with Wilson taking out like a lot of that and Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall coming out of the backfield, how could you afford to just not use your weapons? Brees Hall struggled this year. Not not horrible, but like not great. Dalvin Cook. Well, he's could- still. Brees Hall had 994 yards rushing with a four and a half yards per carry. So, like, he only had five rushing touchdowns, though. Damn, he had 37 attempts for 178 against New England. Holy but, yeah, like, give him the ball. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, dude, just feed him the ball. Yeah, definitely. Get him all – get that pressure off of – like, because, what again, like you said, how he didn't break 1,000 yards rushing with the, the quarterback situation that they were in is pitiful to me. Yeah, like run the they ball more. Run the definitely could have utilized utilized him more than um uh Garrett Wilson for um like screen plays, other things to spread out the defense. Well, hell, let's go back to high school football. We run it, we run it. They start to load the box. You throw out a screen and let them let your best players do what they can do. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, shifting topics. Let's talk about the gym a little bit. Jonah, how's your gym journey going? <laughs> Honestly, it's been I, I was actually gonna get into this uh uh a little bit later, but Jim has been great. So I've I transitioned from first health and I love first health, all my buddies back there, miss you all. Um but uh, uh the new gym that I've at I, I'm going to right now has is twenty four seven. So I just have nice. a oh, key card. I just click whenever. I'll actually probably go later tonight, because uh, I got hammered a few hours ago, luckily sobered up enough to get on the podcast. Nice. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I'll probably I'll go. I'll hit the gym. My my gym gr- grind has been great though. I've got up to a, a 500 pound squat bench. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ! Uh, benching 295 has been oh, the max. Shit. Nice. Um, and then the last time I hand cleaned, I hand cleaned 305. I'm not able to do it here. There's no good platforms. But um. Yeah, that's so impressive. The 305, dude. Yeah, you were really hitting those claims pretty hard that I remember at First Health, man. Yeah, you really you've come such a long ways in your journey. Yeah, oh, kind no. of tell us, like, give us, like, your high school to, like, now. Oh, shit. We're going through that. Um, so I guess anyone who did, did know me from high school, uh, freshman year, 106 pounds, ended up graduating, I think, at 180, 185. Um, yeah, you had a big growth spurt. Yeah. Um, and now sitting at about 230, 232. Um, hey, if any coaches are out there, college coaches, I'm here. Let, you know, sign me. Give me a little trial. <laughs> you still got eligibility? Yeah, I've got two years. Oh, shit. So, um, yeah, because I ended up – my first year of college was COVID. And then my second year, I blew out my knee. Um, so I've been just hitting the gym hard, kind of like – Blowing out my knee was one of the worst and best things I can ever do for myself. I'm not going to lie. That was a, a big shift in me because I, I realized I was like, oh, sh- I got to take this seriously. Like if I want, you know, to, to perform at the college level, like I need to, I started squatting. That's where I got all my strength from. I started researching. I was like, oh, rehab, all this stuff. I started hitting rehab hard. I started like squatting, deadlifting, um, cleaning, benching. Like I just, I took it to a whole new level. So that's kind of where uh i ended up taking off a lot of my um my strength gains nice have you guys been keeping up with the gym do you you want to talk about your chest problem or heart problem what is it i mean it's something new every day it's actually my wrist now um oh you're joking no so i can't i can't curl i can't do anything because any kind of strain that pushes my wrist downwards like that it feels like someone's ripping my hand off Oh, great shit. it's good it's excellent i love it poverty hype yeah i'd recommend also, investing in straps but okay go ahead my oh husband. i have some i have some i need uh, to use them i uh i finally went and got my levels checked and uh they're low so oh, you're getting on gear <laughs> it will happen you're starting steroids holy shit it will happen eventually. that is sick to hear Starting Brent's the gonna roids. be a beast. He's gonna be benching fucking three fifteen for reps. If I could even bench anything right now, but to be honest with you. I got um tonight was my chest day. I switched up my schedule a little bit. I was going Monday through Thursday. Now I'm doing uh Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, I won't be able to go to the gym tomorrow because I the gym I go to, Jonah, it's like first health. It's through the hospital up here. So it's oh, pretty okay. nice. Um, but tomorrow they're only open seven to five and I work tough. During the day. So I went tonight with my chest day and I ended up doing my bench last. And so this is uh four sets of twelve for this week. I do sets of fifteen, sets of twelve, and sets of ten. I don't really do nice. any low rep anymore. Um just trying to build like endurance. But I've been building up quite a bit of strength that way, especially with chest. Legs, like I should do more, but I don't squat anymore. I just do goblet squat That's and fair. um leg like press. Goblet. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, like, just squat. Like, I just don't want to get hurt. Um, maybe yeah. I'm kind of a pussy for that. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I, I, got a good, I got a good pump. And I did a circuit, actually, on uh, 
Sunday where I did goblet squat, RDL, and uh, uh, split squat lunges, like with your leg on the bench holding a plate. And so I was doing that for 15 reps and then 12 for the uh, the split squats and the RDL. I was fucking winded. I need to get my ass in shape. <laughs> but uh, today I got I did my bench press last. And I got 200 pounds for 11 reps, and then I had it like halfway nice. up the 12th rep, but I just I was just kind of exhausted there. Um, Have you been going with your girl? Yeah, she works out with me too. So oh, yeah, nice. she does. Yeah, she does a really good job. She likes doing that. We do push-ups and air squats. Uh, Hold do... on, let me just open my four-story window real quick and <laughs> <laughs> take care of some business. Yeah, take care of some business. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, yeah she likes it um we want to start we really need to start doing more recovery stuff like we started doing the thing where you pull the sled from behind and uh you know build up strength in your knees just kind of we want to the goal is more just like mobility for like the future and stuff and be able to go out and be active and like do things like you know when we're older and just taking you know, preventing injuries so i really want to get into like yoga and do that um and stretch because i think that's probably gonna be one of my issues going forward is just flexibility it always has been um so i definitely got to get on that but uh something i need to work on yeah i i like where we're at so far so i mean we've been going consistently for a year now like four days a week yeah heck yeah dude yeah i can't i can't i need to do six days a week they yeah, even, I'll even do. Well, you're like bodybuilding, though. That's the thing too. You're kind of on like a different like mindset with how you're in the gym. Yeah, I, I guess you can say that. I'm definitely somewhat of a, a bodybuilder slash like power lifter in a sense. Um, uh, I know over at First Health, Willie Giles. Yeah, um, oh, Willie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Willie. Willie. He's been hammering it, dude. He's really? he's a dude. monster. What numbers is he putting up now? Easy 480 is, I think, is what he was doing. 500 the other day. Squat? For what? Squat. Yeah, squats. Oh, For yeah. squat, more than, more than, he sent me a video of him doing like 585. Really? Yeah. Was it one rep or? No, uh, it, was, he was, it was one rep. The other day he was multi-repping it. So. What, the 485 or 500? I don't. I'm not sure how much it was. I wasn't paying too much attention. I looked at the plates and I started counting them and then I got distracted. <laughs> uh, I kind of I kind of miss seeing everyone over there, but yeah, he he would rep 500. Um I know what I I'd, I'd go and do my leg day sometimes and he'd just be like, "Yeah, just leave me the weight on and I'll just <laughs> I was like, oh, "Fuck, I'm going to go just I'm going to I'm find another another open window <laughs> and just jump in." <laughs> That's good for him, uh, man. That means he's came a long way too. He has, oh, yeah. especially awesome. like me and him used to work together a long time ago at uh at the country club. And oh, yeah. um yeah, dude, he changed a lot since then. Yeah, uh, he's a good guy. It's amazing. Yeah. How's uh, work been for you guys? It's been oh, yeah. good. That's worried. Okay. And we're back. Yeah, it's been good. I started, uh, like, I've been with the county that I'm with uh, since October, but now I've uh, I started, like, a new job within the county a month ago at the same place. But it's been going good. I like it. I, I deal a lot. I deal with the public pretty much every day now, so I get stupid shit to talk about. Let's be, like, just people being dumb. Um, oh, nice. It's epic. It's mentally ball gag people. There you go. All day. Uh, I get mentally I, ball gagged by people. Yeah. There you go. It's pretty good. 
so far, there's just been a lot of applications and stuff for me. I know we were talking a little bit about it off camera. I can't give in, go into the full details um, of like everything that I've been inspecting. It's it's sponsored by the Navy. Um, a lot of like inspecting parts and things. Um, that that knowledge is is pretty public, and you can definitely look up and see more into it. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, I love it. Like so far, I'm really excited. I've been applying for jobs, kind of seeing what's out there. Um, a lot of it, unfortunately, will be long hours and just constantly uh, different inspections. Uh, I can get into all the the tedious, boring stuff of it, but um, I, I guess just for example, we'll right now we have quite a few machine shops in our in our department there's like additive and subtractive manufacturing so a lot of the 3d printing is additive and subtractive of course is like you get a metal block and you're drilling holes into it cnc'ing cnc'ing machine or um, parts or like blocks into the the designs that you need and just to make sure that they're within criteria they bring them to us and that's what the metrology is like just inspecting parts um, nice everything that they have to do with the part if it's like you know size uh if these holes are in the right position if the angle's correct it's like it is very tedious but but very fun some of the, the things you can do so like essentially you're like like the finishing plant kind of like they they send the all finisher. the finisher the finisher <laughs> Yeah, we finish, finish on the parts. We finish on the parts. <laughs> Basis shot, the finisher. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. At your population, your mom. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it is. It's uh, they'll bring like a shit ton of parts. Like they're they'll they'll bring a box, and it's like, hey, these are all potentially the exact same, but we still need you to look through every single one, and it is just insane being able to do all that. It's a lot of fun though. Constant that's good. work. As long as you enjoy what you're doing, man. Like what I'm doing right now, it's not necessarily what I want to do forever, but it's like it's so good and like the benefits and everything is good. Like I, I do like it. Um, yeah, definitely want to get to that point. Uh, where do you think like you might end up in the future? Um, so there is a little bit of like leeway to my program, so you can start off in QC quality control. Um, that's just inspecting parts. But then there's uh, uh, AC uh, assurance control, and it's just you know step above you inspect like the inspectors in a sense. Inspecting uh, the inspector. Yeah, that's, it's pretty much I ball gag them and tell them how to do the part and like all that. <laughs> um, but uh, it, yeah, you'll you'll basically you'll be the head one. So it's like if they're inspecting um, these minor parts that are being produced then like if there's like a major one because some of the things that we can do might end up being top secret like inspection for parts and this might end up uh overseas or going into a very high-end project that we can't disclose um our teachers even said that they're like he signed an nda for some of the parts that he's seen like he can't disclose what they were for like the jets planes whatever alien technology probably <laughs> and um he said that like hey it's it, it's very like meticulous you have to make sure that these measurements are precise so that's uh yeah that's kind nice. of the, the big thing i want to work my way up maybe um 
end up being a distributor or or an AC assurance uh, control. It's good that you have goals. Yeah, it's really good. Maybe goals. And then I can do this podcast with you guys for the next. (laughs) Yeah. We'll take off. I know. You're going to be in a good spot when World War III breaks out. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get my ass drafted. Yeah, no, luckily I don't have to worry about that. There are stipulations for a lot of these companies that you're were the ones were making the parts so yeah you got yeah. good luck everybody else <clears throat> putin when putin finally does it i should have enough crap behind me to to protect at least me greg <laughs> you, you can come here and arm yourself with whatever you need yeah i got i got you know i won't go into too much i got jonah you got you got anything you're are you packing oh yeah absolutely do you got Actually, your ccw um no, I actually. Funny enough, you said that I've got a class next weekend to to get my seat. Uh, nice. Uh, are you a see. Virginia resident now? Or are you? Uh, no, 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 no. It's okay. it's. Uh, I'll, I'm doing it in North Carolina. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, where at are you? The gun shop yeah. at the gun shop near us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, I did classes. one. I did one in Sanford. Those guys were awesome. Um, I actually got to look at getting mine for Virginia. Cause I just changed Oof. my residency. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. You see all the I different think, loopholes. Yeah. Well, so like we have, uh, what you call it? Uh, reciprocity here. So, and like my permit's still good for North Carolina, but I think I might be able to just go to the courthouse and transfer my permit over. Cause it's like proof that I've already taken the class. Not hundred oh, okay. percent, but I think so. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I think constitutional carry should be a thing. Ever like, you know, we have a Second Amendment. You should be able to carry regardless. You shouldn't have to ask permission. Is what I'm trying to say. The uh, ATF is gay. Absolutely, they're now yes. gonna pick all of us out and track us down. Oh, they've been watching this. Oh, that sucks though, because now when I I do go, if I do go into a company, they will do background checks. So yeah. I'm fucked. They're, <laughs> they're gonna get this. I didn't say anything like I was gonna, you know. No, 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 no. I was that's what, anything. I, that's I just what I said the joking. ATF's gay, and the NFA's yeah. gay too. Um, yeah, it should be fine. Uh, but it, I, I just don't get the whole the the differences from state to state with that. I mean, that's that's kind of tough. Oh, well, and we have quite a few. Or I actually went out drinking earlier with um some Aussies, and of course, all the time we talk about like the differences between Australia and here. And they, they talk about the guns. They're like, we just don't get it. Like, why why you guys care so much and why you well, think about these guns? They're ment- they've been mentally ball-gagged into <laughs> giving all their guns over and just having bolt-action rifles and fucking uh, Mayo pump shotgun. Yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, it's funny when you get into a debate with a European on guns because you can't even debate them. They're just like, all the mass shootings and all the, you shoot up all your schools and stuff. I'm like, okay, you have fucking stabbings every fucking day. (laughs) Uh, And you know, your crooked teeth and you fucking smell and you're fat as fuck. I mean, probably not as fat as people over here. We got an obesity epidemic over here, but um, yeah. Uh, What do you mean? What do you mean? That's been going down. Biden, Biden actually decreased that. It's harder to buy food. So, Oh yeah. No, I guess you're right. (laughs) Harder to buy. It's It's harder to buy the right kind of food. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you see he uh they did a mental uh check on him because with the there's like uh it got brought up in like a hearing about the documents he had and the classified information he had and a guy did like a psyche valve on him 
like an accredited person. And basically, like they went over and they said, yeah, he couldn't even remember like the years he was vice president or like within the years, like his son passed away. And so he's like, he's not mentally fit to be on trial. So it's like, well, how the fuck is he mentally fit to be the president? Um, I may or may not have met someone who is in a very high position because um, a lot of the people that we get in our class are former veterans as well. Like uh, they have transitioning programs out of the military. They pick up these skills to then take to the workforce. And um, one of them might have been like a very high like person. And he said something very similar to that. Like he couldn't string together sentences. Um, even the ones that you see on the TV are rehearsed to a certain level. Yeah. And that's just, you think about it. It's like if he can't do it on his own and he has to rehearse before going in front of people, you're like, ugh. Yeah, he reads like read this line that's like in the mm. teleprompter. The teleprompter, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's yeah, it's uh, it baffles me, and it's just like people are just so dumb too, because like, yeah, like I think there was definitely shady shit that went down the last election. Like, I don't believe Joe Biden honestly got eighty-one million votes and is the most popular president in U.S. history. Obviously, a lot of people don't like Trump, but it's like, how do people keep? How can people not do the math of two plus two equals this? Okay, if we vote for these Democrats. We're going to get this swarm of illegal immigrants coming in that's going to take away from our resources that we pay taxes for, and we're not going to get taken care of. Like That's all that's happening there. They're just importing voters. But it's like, how can you sit there and watch that guy and be like, I want that guy to represent me in my country? And at the same time, the ones that we choose to represent is – it's kind of BS. We've we've trapped ourselves into this whole like we we've all bogged ball gagged ourselves into the thought of the two party system. Yeah, like that's that that is the biggest shame that we've we've done in the U.S. because it only it only feeds into to more and more corruption. If there's two parties that are sharing all the power, sharing all the wealth, either way, like you're gonna end up with. You know, and the thought of, oh, the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Would you rather have one less hand or one less foot? Well, I'd rather keep fucking both of them. So you can just, you know, fuck off. I'd rather have my ball gag and be ball gag too. Ball gag is a powerful weapon. Yeah. Um, you can use it. Yeah. No, that's the thing, though, with the rhinos and stuff, like uh, in the Republican Party, it's kind of like a unit party military, like, industrial complex thing with like big pharma and stuff like it's just one big party overall that you know pro-war shit like that but at the same time if money makes the world go round like and you have all these parties that are both feeding into sponsors of those corruptions oh one one side might be pharmacy the other side might be pro-war like you're just it's never a good result and we should really spread the parties out the libertarians for example second the third most votes out of all the parties and let's be honest they didn't even get a single representative into any of the debates never like um there's the the wigs funny enough are still around there's uh the environmentalists or whatever are still around and i I may not entirely agree with all of them but more representation is a fair bet. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree with that. And that's where I think RFK is really going to shake up things in this election. Uh, he's got a pretty popular uh, – he's doing well in the polls right now. And he's been on yeah, but, you know, they removed him from the Democrats, didn't they? 
They removed him from the well, Democratic he's Party. He's running as an independent. Yeah, and is he going to – it's hard to say if he's going to make a difference because they're going to vote for him and split the Democrats because I, I had the exact same – my family comes from a conservative background, and their very first thought was, you're, you're taking votes from the, the conservatives. He's going to take votes from both, yes. Um, he's polling well. Like from ages 18 to 45, he's leading in the polls. Now we'll see what happens on Election Day, but he's going to have a big impact. I don't know if he'll win a state necessarily, but like he's going to pull millions of votes from both parties. Who he pulls more from, yet to be determined. Usually it pulls from conservatives, but we'll see. So that's the thing. Democrats are stubborn. Like the lip, there's people that, and it's just so far left now, but they're really stubborn in their ways. It's like, that's the thing. You can't like have a debate with these people. Like you can't sit down and Not like, at all. it's hard to find like common ground when you're talking about, you know, transgender healthcare, which is uh, just if, mutilating kids for or transgender healthcare for kids. I've actually found a lot of similar ideas and thoughts um ever since i've kind of shifted more because well, about your transition about getting your sex change yeah oh yeah oh yeah absolutely you're just jealous that i'm i'm pushing as much weight as i am as a woman um <laughs> uh but i ever since i've kind of shifted away from that like uh, the whole like conservative thoughts behind it i think like there's there's a lot more common ground than than we thought because at the end of the day if if I was to say, like, hey, I don't care what you do with yourself as long as you're not imposing it on kids and as long as you're not pressuring kids in a bathroom, you would agree with that, right? At the end of the day, if you're like, hey, I'm going to, like, cut off this and just go in and use the women's bathroom, only use the women's bathroom and then leave, you're not you're not opposed to it. And I know plenty of uh, – there are plenty of trans women who, who agree with that. Now, of course, there's always the few outliers that make it – make it difficult for that that whole thing but at the end of the day look i i don't care what you do as long as you're not affecting anyone and you're doing it purely for your own you know like thing have at it yeah have the freak at it and i think that's where we can find common ground no that's the thing yeah like i i consider myself more libertarian or like constitutionalist uh i i'm not even i'm not registered i'm a registered independent um but yeah, like if you're a grown adult and you want to go chop your wiener off, I think that's, you know, an American thing. That's a uh, right. Like, I don't yeah. agree with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my whole basis, too, of personal freedoms. You are allowed to, you know, you should be able to do what you want as long as it's not affecting the personal freedoms and well-being of other people. Not, you know, not, uh, you know, if mentally you can affect people like, you know, you can criticize people. You should obviously be able to do that. I'm saying causing like physical harm to other people and like your free, like what you're doing with your freedom is taken away from the freedoms of other people. That's when like you cross the line. And that's where I see this whole transgender thing with, you know, chopping off kids, you know, wieners and, you know, fucking giving them all these hormone injections. And that's the thing, or like, it's just shit like that. Or, uh, you know, the, and this is where I come back to this too, where it's not even right versus left. It's more, pro-human life versus anti-life is mm-hmm. where we're headed like that's really the fight that's being had right now well why do you say that so 
why I say that is when you look at abortion and the environmental movement, uh, like climate change movement, which has really become more of like an anti-human, uh, uh, you know, we need to depopulate the world. And then this whole, the whole LGBTQ or transgenderism of, uh, you know, converting kids or just having as many people we do that identify with that group as we do now. Okay, so first off with the LGBTQ or transgender, if you have, there was a poll recently or study and it was 20% of our generation identifies as LGBTQ. So yeah, I think that's like one fifth of the population that's not reproducing. Now you have some outliers that do still have kids, but that's almost 20% of your population not reproducing anymore. So that's kind of, you know, you're not making more humans. And then with the environmental movement, you know, we need less carbon. Carbon is actually the way of life. Like, you know, we're made of carbon. Uh, carbon makes things grow better. And I just, I don't buy all the climate change stuff. Like, yeah, we have an effect on our world and we shouldn't pollute. But what they want to do with all these restrictions of rolling blackouts and carbon taxes and all that bullshit. And then abortion, you know, you're just destroying life at that point too. It's mm -hmm. murder. So it's really more of there's an agenda to have less people in this world is the way I see it. And so it's more of a pro-life versus anti-life movement. The only thing I would say with that is at the end of the day, I don't care what people do. As sad as it is, I think you can only ever inform people on the decisions that they're making so that they understand what they're doing and how they're going about it. And then if they want to make that decision, as sad as it sounds, it's their decision. So let me ask you, what's your stance on abortion? This is, you already know my family will get heated over my take on it. Okay. Let's hear your stance. I just, look, if you want to do it at the end of the day, that's, that's completely your choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it's you, you know, my family. So you already know that the amount of times that I've gotten into like heated arguments over it. And it's not even that I'm trying to like start anything. Look, I, I don't agree with it. This is my whole, I, I can, I can be honest. I, I hate, I hate the idea of it and I don't want it to happen. Like I'm putting that out there right now. But the fact that if I'm going to sit there and yell at someone else and be like, you know what you're doing, you're doing this, you're doing why would I waste my energy, my breath, my like my time thinking like I'm going to convince this person to do something that's clearly they already think is immoral? At the end of the day, I can inform them. I could give them a pamphlet and be like, hey, these are the risks that you're, you're taking. You could have lifelong uh, depression over this. You could have anxiety. You could have so many, you know, like uh, negatives. Some you may never have that you might you might be one of the people that sickingly like are like, yeah, you know, this is I'm going to do this seven, eight times like this. It's just it's cruel to think about. But I, it comes back to my kind of faith. It's like, it, you know, I'm going to shout out the Bible. Um, Ash Wednesday this week. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Um, but uh, look, I, I can love on someone and inform them, but I can't make them do something that they don't want to do. That's wrong. Yeah, no, like I like people. Yeah, personal freedoms. Here's where, because I say I'm pro-choice, but here's the way I think of it. I see when you know that 
you know, when that happens and uh, you have a life form growing in the woman, you know, a baby's conceived. I think I think of that as a person. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm pro-choice. What's the choice of that baby? You're not giving that baby a choice that's growing. You know, it's undeniable with science that that's a life form that if you didn't touch that, you know, outside from a miscarriage or things like that, that that would turn into a human. So mm-hmm. where's their choice? So that's where I yeah. think, you know, it ultimately comes down to, you know, choice for that person, you know, in the womb. That's the way I see it. So you're taking by going through with abortion, you're stripping away the rights of that person's choice to whether they want, they want to live or not. Um, now, when it comes to rape, uh, you know, that's where it gets really, really gray because I don't like abortion. The reason like I came to my conclusion of how, or how I think about these things, I used like when I was in high school, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I guess, you know, women should decide. I didn't really know. But then when I really got down to how abortions, like the process of it, and then, you know, just sticking, you know, just having the tube and sucking the baby out and taking the clamps and like crushing, you know, and like white stuff comes out and that's their brain. Yeah. And maybe uh-huh. like this girl gave a, a speech in a, a public speaking class and it was really just, it had me down in the dumps for a couple of days, man. And it just, um, and like, it's just awful. And hearing uh, doctors who performed, you know, hundreds of them give their testimonies and come out against it. You know, the process is you know, barbaric. And then that people that, you know, want to see this go to full term and, you know, and then be able to get an abortion at full term or even after the baby was born, which is just fucking crazy. Um, it's cruel, but yeah, man. really, like for me, like when you talk about like the heartbeat bill, okay, the baby has a heartbeat, you know, it's. It's got to, you know, how can you not consider that life at that point? So it's like how, you know, what's their choice is, you know, that's how I see it is I'm pro-choice. What's the baby's choice? You're taking away their choice by aborting them. So that's how I see that issue. Oh, and I, I completely agree. I think at the end of the day, like a lot of these issues come down to all or nothing. Like how it's the, I, I compare like abortion almost similar to guns. It's like at the end of the day, how can you ban some but let others like there's there's no drawing the line because you could always push for a, you know, a different thing. Well, my gun is uh, it's not quite sawed off. It's not it's not quite as high caliber. It doesn't look as scary. You know, it doesn't have a stock on it. And then you can make the exact same thing. You can turn around and be like, oh, this, you know, my child doesn't quite like I didn't know about it until a week ago. It doesn't have a heartbeat yet it's not it's i i think with everything we make it such a a gray like line we try to we try to find a moral ground that we can stand on when in reality with everything you have to be all in or out all out there let's let's be honest for everything you have to be you know you you can't be like oh i'm I'm kind of religious or I'm kind of not like you have to, you, you kind of have to make a choice. I, I really, I truly believe that because in the Bible it even says like, um, you'd rather have a, someone who believes in, in him or not, not a lukewarm. Like you, with all these decisions at the end of the day, if you're not, if you're not solidified on your stance of like all in all out, it's just, it's even dumber than, than being like a partial. Well, that's like people who don't like vote and like, oh, like I'm just, I'm pissed off about things just going, so I'm just not even going to vote. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't stand that. That makes me like, at least like if you're going to vote Democrat, like you're voting or like you have a reason or something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, 
Oh, like I was saying, like with rape, with like abortion, like it comes down to consent. So it's like, damn, like they didn't choose to have that baby. So that's, I still don't really like abortion in that sense and don't want it to happen. Um, but that's where I think it's good that the Supreme Court made it to where states choose their abortion laws now. Um, so if you don't like it and you really want, you know, because a lot of these people that vote for abortion would never even get an abortion in the first place. Yeah. So it's like, why do you make that your number one issue to vote on? You know, don't you think you figure something else out? It's like with your wallet or, you know, Second Amendment or other things, um, whatever floats your boat. But, uh, yeah, that's where I think, you know, if it's really that important to you, then just freaking move to a state that supports abortion, you know, that's going to uh, align to, like, your viewpoint, you know. Um, and one of the states that, you know, stand our way and that don't. So I can, I can agree with that. I just – I hate giving that much power to the states, though, because it's it, – hell, it's a mini-government that – like, we saw it when it came down to mask mandates, how some states could actively, like – choose who they or choose what they wanted to do or what they didn't want to do and that just creates such a power dynamic because even our own uh our own county was in odds against our governor of our state um you know back when we were we're in high school um but i think that's we, what the dream of america is what are you saying no, no no i was just gonna say like we just got to college but we're you know we were I think you were sent back too, right? You went back yeah, home yeah. for that whole co Yeah, we did go back because we were working out over over COVID once it started dying down. But yeah, or even our own uh, um, governor was saying, or um, our own county representative was saying stuff to our governor um, about that. I, I just hate giving the state that much power because they do. They have emergency power now that they could be like, "Hey, we're gonna flood the your your town and and like." force you guys to do a certain thing yeah mm -hmm. speaking of emergency power yeah like i see what you're saying and like i think america really the dream of it's supposed to be is uh more localized you know smaller government is really supposed to be how things are run because that's going to conform better to the people that live in those areas you know rural and cities that's how i think it should be uh so i mean i'm more for states rights but it does Ooh. get gray like you're saying with now you have like the state of Hawaii saying, oh, well, we don't believe in the right for people to carry a gun in our state. And I'm like, well, that's a federally protected amendment in the Bill of Rights. So like, you know, like you have states rights, but like, I don't understand like with the Bill of Rights, how people mm. have states can just, you know, fuck with that and change that. I'd recommend reading Rothbard on that. It's I, I think states rights is even worse than governments at this point. Because you got to think, it's a smaller power that's able to rule over you easier. The government, at the end of the day, is still the government. Like they don't. If you were to go and and wank one out in in a kid's play yard, if there's no like police or or like you know overseeing site for you, that's it, it's not. Of course, it's wrong, and you should. You, you you should be end up end up castrated, but like the government can't do anything over that. But in terms of again, as we saw the police coming in, like they, they, we've seen it, they they arrested certain people. They were they, there's been examples of planting evidence falsely, um, accusing people of certain things. It's such a power trip to think about how another person has power over you that's not even technically supposed to be over you. Yeah, um, 
like I agree. Like, so where I agree, it's like, yeah, it is. It is good. It's not good to have the states like, you know, with Colorado taking Trump off the ballot. Like, obviously, that's wrong. Like there are any of these other states that followed suit. Um, But I think that's good because it differentiates. It it shows it's not it puts sunlight and exposes the states that are corrupt, that are bad. And we see the states that are like that had the system right, like Texas and Florida, and they're prospering. There is. I saw this on Instagram the other day. They talked about the four biggest states right now. Two are Republican, two Democrat. You have California and New York that are in shambles right now. Florida and Texas. Democrat run. And then, yeah, yeah and then you have Texas that. and Florida. Yeah, and they're Republican and they're prospering. So that's where it's like you have the freedom in this country to move to those other, those better states. And it, because like I wouldn't want, the thing I'd be afraid of is like, you know, Gavin Newsom getting in and then making the whole country like California. Like that'd be my biggest fear. I like the I like the choice for states to either, you know, not be good for you and be good for you. And you can you get to choose, you know, where you want to end up. But at the same time, uh the only issue with that Florida has been having a problem with Disney running a lot of uh, like it's, it's literally its own sanction. Think of like Disney as the Vatican. They, they have rules and laws that are excluded from them that they've made a deal with. um, Oh shit. I forgot his name. You, you, the Florida governor. Um, And it's, it's its corruption in its own way. And even Florida or uh, Texas is right now they're at odds with the border and the government. But again, luckily they've done it right that the police and law enforcement don't oversee the people in a sense. So they can try to, they've had the military have to send down national guard to like cut down and like stop some of their blockades. But that's, that's what it should be. It should be that the people get to rule the government. The government is not over the individuals. They make yeah. they the only thing they should do is inf- like enforce national um, national rules and laws. But they, we've made and it protect to your a amendments point. too. Yeah, that's that's it. But every every Republican and Democrat for the past twenty years, actually, there's there's three. There's no, there's two people that have stood up and said that we don't want our government getting any bigger and have actually um, uh, voted against raising the the annual limit, and that's Rand Paul and Ron Paul. The only two, the libertarians of the, the entire Congress have been the only two to stand up and say, hey, we, we don't need any more money. We don't need to get any bigger. And it's the, it's the fact that we're allowing this to happen is just only going to further snowball. So we can't... I, I get what you're saying with this whole like I I, I get the the state's idea, but at the end of the day, we're just gonna let it snowball if we keep saying I'm fine if they oversee this, and then they're like, hey, we're gonna now oversee that. It's like I don't know, that's a little bit of a much, but then they oversee it anyway, and then they oversee the next thing, and they know. Yeah, no, I I agree, and like that's the thing with like you know, okay, if Colorado wants to take Trump off the ballot, then Texas can be like, oh, we want to take Biden off the ballot, which I don't agree with either thing going on but like i like that it, it exposes the states that you know are doing it right and doing it wrong yeah 
we'll kind of we'll see how it plays out. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be it's just such a shit show that we're at. And it's it, we can't even worry about this when our economy's at a breaking point. Housing markets are about to collapse. Oh yeah, we're, like it's we're we're in such a dog shit time. Yeah. Honestly, agree. Um, yeah, hard times, big strong men. <laughs> yeah, it, a bunch of bimbos. Yeah, we're producing iPad kids. Have, yeah. have you ever thought Brain about that? Rot. Yeah, have you really thought about that? That you're gonna be, you're gonna be older than like a lot of these iPad kids, or that you're gonna have to take care of these iPad kids, Fuck, and then what's gonna come after kid. them? That's <laughs> uh, um, that's the next generation. Do you guys do you guys have the poverty buttons on your vehicle, where it's like the slots that are covered up that are for like the uh, the DLC features on your cars? Oh, my truck has some of those. Yeah, Parker said that about. earlier. You know, Jonah, you ever been in like a vehicle and like there's like certain slots that are like covered up with like plastic where like other like appliances or like electronic or like setting or like different things can go there. But like since you didn't get like the full upgraded version of the car, there's like you didn't get there. a premium package. Yeah. Oh, no, so you, you got the poverty buttons. I used to work at a dealership. I can't believe I've never seen that. Yeah, I've never po- thought of that. Poverty buttons, poverty hype. Oh, speaking of that, if you ever get a car, oh, just there, it is a scammer's world out there. Letting you guys know now, that was some of the roughest times that I've been in, like watching people negotiate and try to like do all that. There, there is some very interesting people, hundred percent. That's all. A lot of interesting people out there. Yeah, you're one yeah. of them. Yes, I am. I am very, very much one of them. I do agree with that. Um, I went about it my way, which I didn't agree with everyone else's. Yeah. Hell yeah, sticker price, poverty. Hell price. yeah, there, there's sticker price. There, hundred. Let me get the, is. let me get the Hellcat. Let me get there the Hellcat go. on my two hundred, two hundred credit score over here. Ford Raptor. <laughs> yeah. Ford Raptor. <laughs> 27 zero zero yeah i was about to say zero interest zero zero apr yeah uh that i do really like toyotas though and that's where i worked loved loved the vehicles but gosh the selling was interesting i got a ford you know i got a pre-gay ford you know what ford stands for um fix it again tony Tony, where did the T come from? Fix it again, Tony. That's what Ford stands for. Okay. All right. Uh, how funny. No one no one got that? No. It's a fiat. Oh, fiat. Fix it again, Tony. Oh, okay. No, that took me. That took me a bit. I'm yeah. starting to get I'm starting to get dragged out. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, uh, one just one more thing before we wrap it up. Did you guys watch uh-huh. any of that Tucker Carlson Putin interview? That's I I did watch some of it clips and like things of that nature. Did you watch the whole thing? I'm I'm about forty minutes into it. I want to watch the full thing. I love Tucker Carlson, and I was expecting like I I was expecting a lot of like that that stuff to be kind of be revealed from Putin because I. 
as everyone wants him to paint the paint him to be the bad guy, I truly don't believe anyone's necessarily like bad bad in a sense anymore. Yeah, it's great. I just I I really do think that there that is like somewhat of a gray area. Um because he's clearly said with Ukraine, he's like, yo, you're you guys are loading missiles and nukes into a country that's or it's joining um an org- organization that's kind of hated us for years and you're putting it within striking distance from our border like yeah if the roles were reversed we'd be flipping shit oh we did with cuba yeah <laughs> we were like oh fuck no cuba you're not doing this but at the same time then we had missiles point at them from turkey which is really close so uh yeah i've i saw a meme that was like let me just give a brief. It was like Putin saying, "Let me just give a brief one-minute history lesson on Ukraine." That's like two hours into the history <laughs> lesson. Yeah, um, but no, I, it's I really that. the word uh, gaslighting comes to mind. It seems like uh, America's kind of gaslit, uh, or like NATO, especially, is gaslit Russia into like you know into a fucking and back them into a corner. Really, with like you know the NATO expansion and pushing them on their border. I'm not like a Putin crony or whatever. Like. Yeah, I prefer like he didn't like invade Ukraine, but Absolutely. just just hearing some of the geopolitical stuff and the history of Ukraine and how it's kind of like the outskirts of Russia, I do believe that like at least like the western part and like certain parts of Ukraine definitely you know deserve their own sovereignty. Um, and then I like I said, I understand you, uh, Russia's point of we don't want NATO on our border. Um, it looks like. What Putin's saying is saying a lot of things that I know to be true, where the three-letter agencies in our government are actually the ones in charge and not like the president and the people we elect. It's these unelected uh, uh, officials and positions that are actually running the show and not people that we vote for. Yeah, I can see that to a certain extent. Yeah. And that's another reason why like, I think states' power, it's similar to states' power. With the amount of... power we give these companies uh i remember seeing who was talking about it It it's like oh yeah these guys used to just be like a notepad you know like a notepad kid they'd go around and be like hey you can't do this and they'd scribble on their notepad and give you like a little thing now they can actually throw you in jail for doing things that it's like not you're not necessarily you know breaking the law but at what point yeah brendan you got any thoughts on the putin Carlson. So I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it just because I've been super busy with work. Um, but I know the the part, the only part that I did get to watch was where like he asked or like accused him of blowing up the Nord Stream. Yeah, <laughs> that was the that was the part that I that I that I went on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did that. Or something yeah, like we that. definitely. I think there was evidence <laughs> that we did that. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty well-known thing at this point. But yeah, uh, you know, I want—I don't want this to progress into World War III. But I have seen where Russia, Iran, and China are running military ops together now. So oh. it's definitely we're treading in hot water here, and it's heating up. So I definitely hope that's where I hope either Trump or RFK gets in the power, and we get Biden out. Um, that's priority number one. Yeah, I don't that's think like. Now. I think there's like these big alliances with like NATO and stuff is like a lot of our problem too. And just like, cause like Putin like said, like in the interview, what I've watched so far, like he asked Clinton, like, Hey, can we join NATO? And Clinton's like, well, let me see. And then he asked like some of his agencies and stuff like, no, we can't do it. And Putin's like, all right, that's fine. And then in the two thousands, um, uh, Putin met with Bush senior and was meeting with officials and stuff. And it was, 
United States, Europe were working on creating a like a continental missile defense system. Uh, but they're saying it was to protect themselves from uh, ICBMs from Iran. And Russia's like, hey, can we join in on this? Like Putin asked, he's like, hey, can we work on this together and make our own missile defense system with, you know, all three of us? And they're like, ah, well, we can see. And then basically the CIA came back and was like, no, we can't do that. Um, and Russia's like, all right, but, uh, you know, if you guys make this missile defense system, we're going to have to make measures that are going to kind of like counter that and, you know, be able to, you know, overtake that basically. And like, all right, well, yeah, you know, we're basically like, yeah, you know, we're doing our thing for Iran. You guys do your thing and, you know, we'll sort out, you know, whatever happens. Putin's like, all right, but you know, there's been opportunities for us to kind of get Russia closer to us and not be an adversary. But like the thing in the way I see it is like, you know, there's, there's people that make a lot of money off war and so they always got to have a war to fight. Yeah, they always got to be the enemy. Money. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, you guys got any final thoughts or final say? It was all a sabotage. They took out Toby Keith. Oh, man, yeah, that was sad. Rip Toby Keith. I, yeah. Dude, I was, I was very upset to see that. Yeah. So rest in peace. Prayers for his family. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Jonah, it's been fun. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll have you back on sometime. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you for having me. It's a nice surprise. Definitely got to link up sometime now that you're you're way down there in Virginia, but we'll try and meet halfway sometime. So. Oh, yeah. We got to do all. Are you – I'm sorry. Go on. No, no, no. What were you saying? Are you going to be back in uh, the area anytime? Uh, I might be coming this upcoming weekend. So if you want to, like, get a workout, you can uh, let me know. We'll do do something like that. Let's do it. Sounds good. Chest workout, right? Chest workout. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, once you're man. loaded up on the roids, you'll be fine. You won't feel a thing. God, I'm so ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, nice. Figure it out. That's figure it out. Gag. Awareness. I'll never figure Tomorrow. it out. The gags. Yep. Tomorrow's uh, International BDSM Day. I'll be there. I don't know if it is. I'm just making that up. Mm. Ash Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday. Yes. Side note. Go. So you you BDSM, you be kinky this weekend, but Wednesday start <laughs> Lent. Be praise Jesus. Yeah. Christ is king. Christ is king. All right. It's a wrap. All right, it was fun. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye.